Hi, welcome to the Parsha Zohar edition. That's Torah this week is from Shmuel Aleph, Perikas Vav, which is the story of Shaul going to fight Amalek. He ends up taking captive Agag the king, as well as some of the animals. And Shmuel gets upset, says, you weren't Mekayim, you this uh, the mission properly. And in the end, Shmuel tells Shaul, because of this, the Melucha, the kingdom, will not stay in your family, and Shmuel himself ends up killing Agag at the end of the Haftarah. This Haftarah is, again, one of those that are in the Bryce and Megillah that are told to us clearly which Haftarah to read this week. It's unique that this is the only Haftarah that could be read two parishes, two Shabbosim in a row, which will happen this year, next Shabbos in Yerushalayim, in Walled Cities, which read the Megillah on Tesvav, which technically falls out on Shabbos, so even though the other mitzvahs, the, the Megillah is read on Friday, and Mishlach Manas to this Purim, according to the prevalent uh, uh, Minig Halacha, is on Sunday, but uh, the Haftorah of Shabbos is the same Haftorah, and that leads them to the same Haftorah two weeks in a row. There's uh, the connection to Parshat Zohar is obvious, that this is this was a mission to get rid of Amalek, and hopefully we'll see a little more that we could explain this in a broader sense. Hopefully we'll get back to that shortly. A few points here in the Torah. First of all, we find mention here that Shaul sent a message, Vayemer Shaul el Hakeni, Luchu Suri Redumi Amaleki, and Kani are the descendants of Yisroi that were living near Amalek. Now, there's at least three times that we find that Kani, the that the descendant Yisroi and his descendants were somehow connected, but at the same time opposites of Amalek. So we find in Parsha's Yisroi, the Parsha of Yisroi of coming to join Bnei Yisrael is immediately after Amalek, and Rashi tells us it was because of the Shmuel of Amalek that he came to join. We find in Parshas Balak, which uh, Chazal say based actually on these Pesukim, that Vayar Sakani, that he, when Bilam, after he fails to curse Klal Yisrael, says in a voice about certain things that are going to happen, he addresses Amalek and the Kani, the Bnei Yisroi, one after another, based on the fact that they were, they lived in cl- close proximity. And again, in these Pesukim here, we find it, and it's an interesting thing, uh, the connection, what what did they have in common, and what how did they, um, obviously the B'nai Kani are, were given this warning, right, because they deserve to live, and, and obviously they were, we find throughout Tanakh that they are held in high esteem, they were, they were tzaddikim, and what was their connection somehow with Amalek, that's a point to ponder. Now another thing we find in the end of the Haftarah, when Shmuel takes Shol to task for not doing the mission properly, it says, So he rips the cloak, and Shmuel tells Shaul, Hashem has ripped the melucha away from you. He gave it to your friend. He doesn't name the friend, but we know that this is referring to David, who is going to take over Shaul. And also the um, the Neitzach is either the um, the uh, the 
winning strength or the um, eternity of Yisrael will not doesn't lie. Velo Yinochim doesn't doesn't uh, rethink things. Doesn't go back on what he what he did. and therefore it's going to happen. The Malbim tells us here, based on Klolim that he brings in other places. So he says there's two things. There's two solidifying facts here in this nevuah of taking the mulcha away from Shaul. One is that he ripped his cloak. So we we have a claw from the Ramban Parshas I believe we mentioned it here once before. That's something called Toil Dimian. The fact that a Navi does an action makes that that nevuah is solidified in this Oil Mamaisa. The second thing is that he told him it was not only a nevuah lira'ah. There's some nevuahs that are negative. They're the negative here would be that Shoal is losing the Malucha. Over here, there was also a positive for someone else. It was that the Malucha will be given to another person. That was a positive Nevuah. So the Klal is that a negative Nevuah can be overturned through Truva, through similar things, but Nevuah Latoiva does not get overturned. The Rambam tells that to us, and we know this from a few places. So the, so the Malbim says that's what's going on here in the Psukim, that Shmuel tells Shaul, number one, we have the Poel Dimion, we have this fact that he's ripping his cloak, and number two, and therefore he says, that there, this Nebuah is going to happen, it's not something that is that is still uh, fluid and may or may not happen, but because of these two reasons, the Nebuah will, will take place. Now, as a background of the, let's get into the story of Purim for a moment, and then get back to our Aftarah. The Megillah, if you read it by itself, it seems like a nice story of how Klal Yisrael were going to be annihilated and they were saved from the Gezerah of Haman and Ahasuerus. However, there's a lot more going on. Based on the Gemara and Megillah, based on the Psukim of Sefer Ezra, based on Psukim of, of that, in, that we find in various places, the story of Purim takes place at a very critical time in Jewish history. These were the years, they were about uh, 22 years between the time when Klal Yisrael was given permission to start building the Mekdash. They started, they were stopped, and they were stopped by uh, King Daryavish, the first, and then they were again given permission. Uh, I'm sorry, they were allowed to start by King Kairish. They were stopped uh, later uh, when the in Ezra we find that there was a there was a libel against them, they were a, again permitted by King Daryavish II, who according to Hazal was the son of Ahasuerus and Esther Hamalka from Megillah. And during this year, during these years, it was tremendous anxiety, tremendous down uh, downtime that Klaiyosro thought that they were going to build a base of Mekdash. They were told that there was a seventy-year gallus. Belshazzar had thought that he reached the 70 years, and in fact, Chazal tell us that there were two Cheshbonis of 70 years. One was 70 years from the, call it the, the original Golos of when Bavel took power on the Bnei Yisrael, and that was when they got, the 70 years later, they got permission to build the base of Mekdash. However, 70 years after the actual Chorban, after the actual destruction, was when they actually got permission to rebuild the Beis 
So it was during these years that the story of Purim takes place. This gives us tremendous insight into the reason why it was so important that Klai Yisrael not celebrate with Achashverosh. Achashverosh continued this denial of permission to build a Besamekdash, as the Psukim in uh, Sefer Ezra tell us. And Chazal tells us in the Megillah that when Achashverosh told Esther they can have everything up to Chatzi HaMalchus, that was saying that they cannot build the Besamekdash. Chatzi HaMalchus means besides the Besamekdash, because he was one of the people that were denying them the Besamekdash, and he was uh, he was actually um, afraid that they would go build the Besamekdash. Chazal tell us in the Megillah that the reason why Achashverosh celebrated and made this party was to celebrate the fact that he believed the seven years were over and they weren't going back to Besamekdash. The fact that 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 there were Jews that were, and it seems like even a great majority or a great, even hush of the people uh, uh, thought that this was a proper thing to do. However, they were actually celebrating their own downfall, so to say. It's as if, um, as if a king captured a country, took everyone into, into captivity, and then made a celebration and invited those captives to come and celebrate with him. Right? That would be the ultimate hashpal, the ultimate... Um, degradation for them, and this was what Klal Yisrael were sort of dancing along with Achashverosh in this, and that was why there was a tremendous uh, tremendous tain on them. And so the the um, get, getting back into the grand scheme of, of things, it seems again, Haman is the descendant of Amalek, and Haman is this person that's against building Mr. Mikdash. And in fact, we find that the son of Haman or descendant of Haman was one of those that were involved in stopping and building Mr. Mikdash at the t- during these years, the reign of Ahasuerus. Uh See, Rashi and Megillah tells us a little more of this. And there's a Gemara in Sanhedrin, which ties into this. The Gemara in Sanhedrin is on Chafam Beis, tells us three mitzvahs in its Stavu Yisrael B'Knisos on the earth. There were three mitzvahs that Kalei Yisrael were commanded when they came into Eretz Yisrael. Lahamed Lamelech to make a king, to get rid of the descendants of Amalek, and to build a Besamekdash. At this point of our Haftorah, this was shortly after they made a king. Shaul was the first Jewish king. Then Shmuel came and said, okay, now's the time to get rid of Amalek. And presumably, it would follow the third step, would be Livlis and Besamekdash. So the idea, the fact that Shaul wasn't successful in this mission was not only a mitigation, not only a problem with the Malchus of Shaul, but it was actually a problem with the whole mission, sort of, uh, sort of with Klai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael doing these three things and building the Beis HaMikdash. Now, we know also, it just uh, tells us the Rashi in the end of Bishalach, on the Laini, we lay on Purim, that Enakise uh, Sholem until Zarishel Amalek is Nechras. And there again we see the connection between the destruction of Amalek and the and the ultimate uh, Kise Sholem. But we know that the Besamekdash represents something along those lines as well. So in fact, the Arhaftira ties in the same way with these uh, with the Megillah and with the story of Purim. That it's this mission of of um, settling in Eretz Yisrael, and we know that when Klal Yisrael was going to Eretz Yisrael, Mikdash Hashem Koyin the Yudecha, the objective was to build a base of Mikdash. It wasn't just a side point 
that it would oh it would be nice to have a base mikdash. There was uh, it was part of the mission going to Israel. The Torah tells us that um, they would bring karbonis mokam yivchar. Right, it wasn't known yet, and it wasn't um, clear. It's not listed in the pesukim where that will be, but it's very clear from many pesukim in Devarim that there will be base uh, There will be a chosen place, a chosen house of Hashem. And part of that mission, building that, is to get rid of the descendants of Amalek. And again, that's the lesson we see in the Megillah. We're getting rid of Amalek. And the Targum tells us that when later, when Mordechai and, and Esther led the Klai Yisrael to kill out, there were many, um, many Goyim, many people that were killed in the overturning of the of the uh, Gezerah. And it says that they killed 500 people along with the children of um, of, um, of uh, Haman. And again, it says later there were another 300, and then it says Hamisha v'shivim elef, 75,000. Targum tells us that these were all Amalekim. So this is a tremendous thing. This is Mordechai and Esther coming, who were descendants of Shaul, and coming to, in some way, fix this um, mistake or this... Um, this issue that came up in Araf Torah and working towards seemingly the building of the second Beis HaMikdash, which wasn't a, uh, the ultimate Beis HaMikdash, wasn't the ultimate uh, third Beis HaMikdash, which we still hope for, but it was that, it was that, um, it was that rain, it was that, it was that um, correcting the, the mistakes of the first Chorban and working towards the building of the Beis HaMikdash in those years, and Mordechai keeping up the hope and saying, no, Klai Yisrael, the seventh years didn't, uh, we didn't hit that end point. No, the Nevoah didn't uh, go into total, uh, it's not totally obsolete. It's, it's still going to come true, and it's still going to happen, and we're working towards that goal. And even in our goals, we're getting rid of Amalek, and we're fixing this problem. And uh, just to quote a Gemara in, in uh, Megillah Yud Gimel, the Gemara discusses the idea of the fact, it says that Mordechai is, is a Yehudi, which seems like he comes from Shevi Yehuda, and at the same time it says, Ben Shemi Mekish Ishimini, seems like he comes from Benyamin. So one of the Pshatim the Gemara says is that there were two elements in play here. The fact that David didn't kill Shemi Ben Geirav. This was in the Haftarah of Parshas Vayechi, where he mentions the fact, not, not the actual story, but Shemi cursed David. David did not kill him. And people at the time of the Purim story were upset because Shemi is descendant was Mordechai. And Mordechai was the instigator of the story here. And therefore, they said, it's the Yehudi's problem, it's Shevet Yehuda's problem, David Amel, who came to Shevet Yehuda, that allowed Mordechai to exist. And at the other hand, Mashim Yamini, the fact that Shaul allowed Agag to live, as we see in Araf Torah, this Yod Mine Haman de which allowed Haman, who is now coming to annihilate Kal Yisrael. And in fact, the Targum tells us, Targum I believe it's on the Megillah, and I believe Targum Yenison as well on the Pesukim in Shmuel, where it tells us the story of David not killing Shemi ben Gera. It says that the reason that David let him live was because he saw that there would be a descendant who would be beneficial of a Klaiso, which was Mordechai. So in fact, looking back in hindsight, seeing that Mordechai was actually the savior of Klaiso, was actually helping Klaiso, and we see how, again, it all ties in together, this idea that David Amela, who is the ultimate builder of the Beis Hamikdash, he plans the Beis Hamikdash. It's his descendants that are 
uh, it's based Chadavid, it's Shlomo that builds a base of Mikdash. It's the, uh, we know that it's Machus based David, which is allowed to sit in the Azaro. We know that it's tied in with the base of Mikdash. They are Mizma Sheikh Chadukas Abayas David. It's their base of Mikdash, and we hope, um, for their coming and and Chisei David Avducha Meheru Lesoicha Tachin, the the uh, the the chair, the the throne of David will be uh, reestablished in Yushalayim in the base of Mikdash. That is what we are hoping for. That's what we're waiting for. And the descendant, uh, so David Amalek himself, ultimately plants the seed for the Purim story by allowing Shimi ben Gera to have descendant to have a descendant named Mordechai, which will kill out the uh, the. Amalekim, again, not, we, we know that it's not all of them, but he did annihilate many of the, the Amalekim and to plan towards the second Mesa Mikdash by keeping Kali Strolls and Muna strong and keeping this uh, spirit strong and the belief in the Nebuah. I want to wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful Purim. Kol Tov. Hatzlacha.